and now is a good time for a word from our sponsors. First up is Hotels.com, a website or app. Uh, they will tell you the places you should not go to. They will show you the best deals. They will save you time and money. Uh, you want to go there because that is their whole model. They are going to make it easier on you and save you money so you go back to them. I use them. You should use them. Our other sponsor is BlueChew.com. It is the little blue pill, like Viagra or Cialis, same active ingredients. But since it's chewable, it gets your bloodstream quicker and makes you ready to go quicker. If you go over to BlueChew.com, use the promo code MLB, you can try it for free. You're just going to have to pay the 5 bucks for shipping. This is your chance. If you've ever been curious, you want to see what it's like, get discreetly mailed to your door. You're just going to pay that 5 bucks in shipping, and you can see what all the hype is about. Remember, it's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone. This is Locked On Indians, and I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Um, I am getting back into writing on there. I took some time off uh, as I was a mix of sick, moving, and dealing with a diabetic cat. Uh, a lot of things happening at once, but uh, I sent off to the editor last night my Indian Shadow Draft piece. I redo the top 11 rounds, and I only keep two guys um, of the 11 players the Indians drafted. I move a lot more money around. Um, I uh, A lot of guys I liked signed for cheap, so when you can get someone like Dominic Canzone and Jack Kenley, who one dominated the Big Ten, one dominated the SEC, and you get those guys for, you know, one-tenth of the price of some of the guys the Indians signed. It allowed me to make some really interesting choices later in the draft, and I think it'll be a piece that uh, people look forward to. I mean, it's a piece every year people look forward to, but I think it's uh, it's really interesting this year because this is the first time I have had massive disagreements up and down the line with the Indians and um, make a lot of different selections. Uh, I also want to give a tease for tomorrow's show and what could end up being multiple shows this week. Uh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to sit down and talk with my longtime friend, Andrew Clayman. Now, some of you might be familiar with Andrew. He and I both wrote at uh, Indians Baseball Insider back in the day, and he was a longtime contributor um, at the Cleveland Fan. Cleveland fan uh, back when that site existed and then moved over to waiting for next year for quite a while. So Andy is steeped in the writing scene and he and I go back to the fifth grade when our elementary schools merged. Uh, I went out to be in his wedding this year. He was in my wedding, a longtime fan and a longtime writer, uh, really knows his stuff. So it should be a, a fun conversation to listen to. I really recommend people checking that one out, telling a friend. It's going to be two friends uh, sitting down to talk uh, about the Indians, kind of get his thoughts, and just uh, free-flowing conversation, because the All-Star game doesn't leave us a lot to talk about, and I thought this would be a, a much more fun thing to do, and uh, a fun thing for everyone to listen to, so that will, uh, I'm hoping to get more than one uh, podcast out of it, so I'm hoping that uh, you'll have that to listen to for the next few days. Now, the uh, one note for the evening is it was the home run derby tonight. Uh, Carlos Santana was a seventh seed, and he lost by one home run in the opening round to Pete Alonso, who ended up winning the whole darn thing. 
the interesting thing about that matchup was that was the only matchup where the favorite seed won. Uh, every other time, the higher seed lost. Eventually, um, Alonzo went head-to-head with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who put up an absolute show in the first round. And, uh, yeah, it was a, it's, it's a fun thing. They've changed it over the years. It was my first time watching it since, I think, Josh Hamilton's performance back when it was a set number of balls. Now it's just timed, and you can take a timeout, and you can... Uh, there's extra time and there's all sorts of stuff going on. It's a very different event. Um, I appreciate the change. I'd like to see more changes, frankly, in the all-star game. Uh, it'd be fun to have some kind of like just straight contest. Um, can you imagine if it was, uh, basically a huge cash prize, like hitter versus pitcher, you know, if he gets, uh, on base, you know, it, players get eliminated. I don't know, but it'd be nice to see more things that, uh, they kind of allow for something the game itself i find incredibly dull and not interesting at all and i have not watched um since i was a child i'll be honest but uh, the home run derby is probably the one thing that i every few years go back to and watch and it'd be nice to see other things in that vein uh maybe they do something like a a throw out challenge or something just let guys wind up and throw and see who has using things like stat cast who you know who throws the the hardest ball who can hit the target from the furthest distance uh let's you know take advantage of some of the other school skills foot races um with uh you know like i said again put that cash prize out there make it something interesting for players to compete with fastest you know fastball most spins on a pitch let's you know get out there think of some different things something fun um just some random ideas from uh for me, again, with the All-Star Game, uh, I, I got a little more time to think right now. And uh, I, it, the NBA has skills competition and things like that, so is the NHL. So just trying to think almost in that vein. We are uh, we're going to have a bit of an early commercial break on today's show. Uh, the second half of the show, I'm going to do something kind of fun. If you are not familiar with the site, Baseball Trade Value, it's an interesting little site. Um... I don't feel like it's been updated enough recently, but they kind of assign values to players and you can make trades and see, you know, are these close? Are the values close? It's a fun thing to mess around with. Um, I don't think it is by any means accurate of any sort in terms of real value because uh, the real value on any player is can be hugely different team to team. But I thought we'd use that uh, site and kind of bounce around look at some deals for Trevor Bauer with uh, where he's been rumored throughout the course of the year since he is the guy we hear about the most. And then uh, after that, I'm going to maybe look at some deals if the Indians were buyers, taking some of the names that are out there on the market that would make sense uh, for a Cleveland Indians team that is trying to, uh, you know, right now is uh, one of the top 10 teams in baseball and is uh, trying to get back to the playoffs. And now is a good time for a word from our sponsors. First up is Hotels.com, website or app. Uh, They will tell you the places you should not go to. They will show you the best deals. They will save you time and money. Uh, You want to go there because that is their whole model. They are going to make it easier on you and save you money so you go back to them. Uh, Use them. You should use them. Our other sponsor is BlueChew.com. It is the little blue pill, like Viagra or Cialis, same active ingredients. But since it's chewable, it gets your bloodstream quicker and makes you ready to go quicker. If you go over to bluechew.com, use the promo code MLB, you can try it for free. You're just going to have to pay the 5 bucks for shipping. 
this is your chance. If you've ever been curious, you want to see what it's like, get discreetly mailed to your door. You're just going to pay that five bucks in shipping, and you can see what all the hype is about. Remember, it's bluechew.com, promo code MLB. And we are back. Uh, we have a full 10 minutes plus now to just kind of look at some trades and have some fun with this. I'm going to just start diving into it right away. There'll be some start and stops in the podcast just because I'm not going to sit here and make you guys sit around and wait for me to try some trades out. Um, right now, I'm just trying to get... <laughs> I actually have multiple of the <laughs> trade simulators open right now. Um, some that I was working on for an article, but I want to get back to this. So let's start off with uh, the New York Yankees. It was rumored that the New York Yankees were scouting Trevor Byers' final start um, against the Reds. Uh, he was phenomenal on Sunday. I have always had a hard time buying the Yankees as a fit just because I can't see Cleveland trading to an American League team in general and because uh, you're going to compete and face that guy in the playoffs. And secondly, especially when you trade someone like that to the Yankees, you have to get a ridiculous amount of value to even consider it because the blowback is going to be so severe. So I was going through and again using baseball trade values and for Trevor Bauer, the who had a value of 39.2, I was able to get an accepted trade of value of 43.4 which was Clint Frazier and Debbie Garcia, who just pitched in the Futures game. Uh, the Yankees' prospects are rough. It's uh, They've drafted pretty terribly, to be honest. Um, they don't really have a lot of guys who have broken out or moved up. Someone like Estevan Floriel, we've been hearing about him for eons. He's still never gone above high A at this point, and he has extremely an extremely bad hit tool. There is not... I, you know, it's interesting to see him because you know he's still considered a top 100 prospect. I don't think there is that big of a gap between Florial and Will Benson. I I think that Florial is, is quite overrated at this point, and that's why I immediately ignored him. And then you look, so many of these are recent signings. The number one prospect, Jason Dominguez, who we talked about, the international signing. A lot of guys in rookie ball who have never played. Um, one prospect, that's Tevi Garcia. If you go to Fangraphs and look at their top 12 prospects, only one guy has reached a double A or, a, or two. Jonathan uh, Loaiziga is the other one. So for the Indians, and Garcia has some control issues. He is also not the biggest guy um, in general, which has had a lot of people. He's listed here at 5'9". I think I've seen him at 5'10 and 5'11". A lot of people think future reliever. Um Poor command and control, but at least two above-average pitches. It's a high-variance profile. Um, So on top of just being really unlikely, there just isn't a lot of value. The the Yankees uh, just have not had success in the draft. Everyone's a pretty recent international uh, signing, so even their international signings really aren't being that successful for them because... Uh, it's it's not like when they spend all this money that they're moving up the ladder and turning into big prospects. It's all their list is just loaded with a ball and below. It is a team that has all of their talent uh, way down in the minors and very little. I remember last year when I would see Trenton and uh, when I was in Akron and it was it was a roster that was void of talent. Um, every time they came, it amazed me. Because a few years ago, it was just they had so much. But uh, 
that was mostly through trades and their uh, their drafting record over the just I mean frankly you know if you go back and you look at my 20 years of draft data article that I posted a few times on scout so the worst team was the Reds then the Indians then the Yankees the Yankees under uh, Cashman have been pretty terrible at the draft <laughs> you know I know they built kind of that that central core team through the draft but in general they have not done as much uh, talent through the draft as a lot of other teams so I don't think the Yankees make a lot of sense to begin with. They don't really have great prospects to make it work. Um, so that is our first team of mention. For our next trade, I will look at another American League team, and that is the Houston Astros, who at points were rumored and connected with the Indians and Trevor Bauer. So uh, the Astros are in kind of a bad situation in terms of their minors. They have Force Whitley and Kyle Tucker, who understandably they are not willing to trade. The Corbin Martin is their most interesting prospect, and he is done for the year, going to need Tommy John surgery. Uh, Jordan Al- Alvarez would probably, in my opinion, be their third best prospect. Uh, most places have Martin three, but I would put Jordan three. But he is hitting so well for them. He is their current DH. I can't see that happening. JB Bukowskis is struggling. Seattle Perez is taking a step back. Um, the performances just haven't been there for them, but uh, you know there are certainly some names to watch, some players to look at, um, and this is kind of, so I'll start. Uh, Tyler White has been a first baseman DH for them. He's not getting as many reps thanks to Jordan at this point, um, you know, it, with in a loaded outfield. Uh, Michael Brantley, Jake Marcinick, Josh Reddick, George Springer, Tony Kemp. These guys all have to get at bats. And the worst of the group in terms of like OPS plus, you're looking at uh, Tony Kemp, who's at a 99. They're basically all average or way better. So White is struggling this year, but in the past, he's last year limited uh, 240 at bats. He was excellent the year before that in uh, just 60 at bats. Excellent. For his career, he's been pretty good. Um, this year, not so great. So White is kind of the major league play piece. Um, there's some past history of success. He's cheap. Uh, he's not going to be a free agent forever. He's had some really good production in the minors. For the Indians who, you know, people are probably saying, I'd rather just try Bobby Bradley. Tyler White does more, and he's kind of one of those pieces. He's not a huge piece, but he is there. I also have Miles Straw in there, who I've been a big fan of for a while in Houston. Hard for him to find a spot. There is no power at all, but he runs really well. He can play a lot of positions. Uh, he's he's a good hitter. I think he is a potential everyday player. I, I will stand by that. Corbin Martin, I mentioned that he got hurt. Um, if he doesn't get hurt, uh, he's probably the guy that is in the uh, Astros rotation instead of someone else. You're looking at three above average to plus pitches. Um, You know, he was a a closer in college and has really come along as a starter. There was always talk of making him a starter, but he has just tore through the minors. And up until this year, for a guy who had some command problems in college, his walk rate had always been... uh, uh, really strong at every stop in the minors this year it was just a step over four which is still more than fine uh, it's better than like debbie garcia who i mentioned before is uh has posted at any stop so yeah uh you're getting him a little bit cheaper because he is hurt that's that's just the truth of it and with houston kind of lacking assets th- 
they're going to have to take a bit of a discount there. J.B. Bukowskis, I always thought he looked like an Indians type of pitcher down here. I'm sure the Indians the Indians have such success with guys like him. I'm willing to bet on the talent. And the last guy is Seth Beer, who um, I was not as high on when he was drafted. And... You know, even though statistically there's a lot of reasons for his success, I had just had my concerns. But almost within a year since being drafted, he got up to double A. He is still performing there. Um, it's really helped to soothe any concerns I had. So I have a five for one here with the Indians getting two guys to help him now. Uh, Bukowskis, I think, could be a potential pen arm, potential starter. Martin, you're waiting a year on. And Beer could be someone who ends up helping them next season. So it's you're getting a lot of pieces. You're not getting that kind of star central piece at this point, uh, mostly due to Martin's injury and how that affects things. Uh, still unlikely, just because I do not think the Indians will trade in the American League if they can avoid it. There are certain teams that you know you you think would make sense, but I just struggled to find anything even remotely close to a deal. One of those is the Cubs. Uh, Ian Happ makes some degree of sense, and he is struggling mightily in AAA this year. And part of me thinks that is almost 100% due to uh, him being just done with the minors. We've seen this before where a guy just gets stuck somewhere and doesn't perform well. It's just his heart isn't in it. And Hap has had success in the majors. Um, but Hap alone, especially with his struggles this year, isn't enough value. The Cubs minors, um, man, it's, it's basically on par with the Red Sox. I mean, those two are the worst by a good margin um there's not much in the the cubs minors that really intrigue me or interest me it would be a hard match to find um so yeah that's just another team i think we can just take off there and not really look at i also think uh, i know there's been rumors at points of san diego and while it'd be pretty easy to make a, a trade fit there i think they're going to be sellers and not buyers i don't see them adding uh adding a anyone at this point they're just going to keep letting their young kids come up and see what they have so i would take out the padres so that leaves us with braves um am i blanking braves phillies and cardinals and brewers so those are gonna be the main four i know the dodgers just lost rich hill they got ross stripling who can step in they have so many choices i don't if they go out and get someone i think they're going to get relief help so that's another team to take off i think those are the other four your four main national league teams that make some sense so we're going to dive into each of those teams one by one so i'm gonna start with the braves who are a team whose pitching need i think is overblown uh you look at their team mike soraka has been fantastic this year has looked the part of a, a future ace when you look at just his age and performance this year max freed is more of a back-end mid-rotation arm. That's fine. Solid lefty. Uh, Julio Turan is about the same, kind of a mid-rotation arm. They signed Dallas Keuchel already, and you know he's uh, he's been solid for them. He's going to take one of those spots. And Sean Newcomb, who uh, I always had concerns about, has been really good as a starter. When uh, he's been really good this year in general, mostly working out of the pen. He's had a few starts. I was always concerned because of his terrible walk rate, but his walk rate is under three this year. Yes, um, they're probably better with him in the pen. They do have some pen issues. I mean, Josh Tomlin has locked 48 innings. Uh, that's the most of anyone in their bullpen. So 
that's all you really need to, to say about the state of their pen and some of the issues they've had therein. So they, in a perfect world, you know, Newcomb's up there. Uh, Kevin Gosman's been hurt, and when he hasn't been, he's been largely ineffective. Uh, Mike, uh, you know, Fulte has not been very good. They tried to push up Kyle Wright. That didn't work. Tuki Toussaint has been... He's been okay. He's been closer to average, uh, but again, he has mostly worked out of the pen this year. Uh, Bryce Wilson is another prospect who they brought up. They, you know, they've been trying guys, but no one's really grabbed that spot so far for the Braves. The trade that may, probably makes the most sense would be uh, Drew Waters for Trevor Bauer, basically straight up. Um, he, former second round pick, performing really well all the way up to Double A already. Um, could be a potential special bat in center field. Uh, you know, could be a, a five-tool player. You know, uh, it, just the definition of that. Um, and that is, he's, he's one of those guys who's certainly rising up boards. I mean, it, they may not even be able to get him before being honest. It, and then after that, the, the one issue we have is the they've been so pitcher heavy and I feel like the Indians if they are moving Bauer are looking for a bat as a centerpiece uh, and there just isn't you know, unless you're going to take uh, Ender Inciarta who is hurt and is probably carrying almost a negative value at this point he's at three years of declining value you know Johan uh, Carmango at was really good last year um it was uh an average player the year before and this year has been not good so much though he lost his spot and has been a bench guy um there isn't really someone who stands out who makes a ton of sense for the indians and their needs at this point so you're kind of eh, braves not an ideal fit and i don't think they're willing to pay the cost frankly at this point either um so let's kind of chuck them out. Drew Wader straight up is probably the trade that makes some sense. But again, I don't even know if the Braves would do that, to be honest. The Philadelphia Phillies have been a, a bit of a, a poop show. Let's be honest. Um, they give away Carlos Santana, uh, give up prospects. So Seattle will take him so they can sign Bryce Harper. And uh, Carlos Santana then proceeded to outperform Bryce Harper so far this year. Jake Arrieta has an issue on his elbow. He's going to miss time. Odubel, Odubel Herrera is suspended for the rest of the year due to domestic violence. Andrew McCutcheon was playing well for them, and then he is down due to injury. Um, they could go in any number of ways, or they could just pack it in for the year. Uh, I mean, this could be another team where the Indians would try a one-for-one one with uh, Alec Baum, who has made it up to uh, to Double A already after being just drafted uh, a year ago. Nice walk rate, nice strikeout rate. You're not going to bother caring about power because Redding is a horrible park. Uh, it's the equivalent of the Columbus Clippers park for Double A. But after that, um, you know, this is. A, a, talked about in previous podcasts it's a team that has not drafted great they had a lot of high picks and don't have much to show for it um i can't see uh philly trading adam hastley right now who's been good but not great because they have all these outfield issues i mean honestly you're probably wanting to ask and you know uh by the time a deal is made at the end of the month for 
Bryson Stott, who was the uh, UNLV shortstop they took in the first round this year. Like, he is one of the more interesting talents for me in the minors. Uh, Spencer Howard, Adonis, uh, Adonis Medina. There's some other guys. Um, but again, I feel like the Indians kind of want a bat at the central, someone at double A or better. And that's just not the uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. So the Phillies might be better, frankly, um, with the way things are set up and the way things are going for them. Uh, trying to chase someone like Matt Boyd, that's a situation where maybe like Howard Medina and another player um, could net them that. But uh, again, I, like I said, my general view is I think the Indians want a hitter at the center of a deal. And... I'm not sure if Philly's willing to give a bomb with his well as he's played as quickly as he's moving. And when you get rid of him, there just is not a hitter that can high, uh, you know, headline one of these deals. So this is another one where it's almost like a, a one-player deal or no deal at all. The Milwaukee Brewers um, have a pressing, pressing need for pitching. Uh, they did last year as well. Um, I think they're a little bit better off this year than last year, if we're being honest, where, you know, Wade Miley was their ace. This year, uh, Brandon Woodruff has been uh, a good pitcher for them. Zach Davies has been absolutely phenomenal. Gio Gonzalez was looking good for them before his injury. Um, Chase Anderson's been all right as, like, a fourth. But uh, Jules Chassen has been more the Jules Chassen of history than how he was for them a year ago. Freddie Peralta hasn't worked out. Corbin Burns, who is a you know big time prospect, has not worked out because he's he's just getting hit and then getting hit hard. Um, their bullpen is good, but it's not as great as it was a year ago. Paid a big price to get Alex Claudio. That really hasn't worked out. Good old Matt Albers still producing uh, important part of their pen. But yeah, this is a team that could use uh, a, a veteran pitcher. Could use. Another pitcher to kind of balance things out. I, I mean, they do have Davies and Woodruff are the beginnings of a dangerous playoff rotation. Possibly Gio Gonzalez as that veteran pitcher. I don't know how much is left in the tank, and we have the injury. So there's some logic here. Now, you're not getting Keston Huara. I know people are already stating that in their mind of mind, so that's just not happening. Move on. Uh, he is... It, it, He's too good, and they have had such issues at second base this year, and for some reason they're not letting Huara play. But uh, instead of that, let's let's look at some guys who might make some sense. So I think at the core of any deal, Bryce Terang, last year's first-round pick, who um, is looking like the guy that, uh, I mean, most of us thought was a top-five, top-ten talent in the fall of the year, and then he just he didn't hit for any power. And that's never going to be part of his game. But, uh, I mean, the hit tools there, he's going to walk, he's going to get on base, uh, he's going to, he's fast, he's a good defender. He is in low A. Tristan Lutz is, uh, or I'm sorry, in high, but that's the thing, Terang's already in high A in his, you know, his first full season in the minors. That's impressive for a high school talent. Also in high A, for instance, uh, Tristan Lutz, who they drafted the year before in the first round, uh, big kid. Big power potential. Uh, he strikes out a lot, but he also walks a lot. You're betting on the power. You're betting on three outcomes. But uh, those are the two guys I would kind of focus around. 
Where it gets interesting then at this point is that's not quite enough. And there aren't a lot of great values. Um, a year ago, they had some uh, stronger performances. I still, and uh, you know, he's playing really well this year, so I don't know if it would happen. I would be trying to get Eric Thames uh, to come and be the Indians' DH. Uh, since he has come back, he has consistently posted uh, OPS pluses over you know 100. He's been a, a really good hitter. Lots of power potential. The reason he's uh, movable is Jesus Aguilar has just not been as good this year. He's been a below league average bat, but he is younger and a better fielder, and Tame should probably just be a DH all the time. But I'm probably insisting on him. You can have him come and be your DH. He's going to be a steady bat in the lineup. And uh, the fact that he's... uh, a left-handed bat is also a good thing because we've we've shown that this is a team that uh, is better against lefties than righties this year. So you want to uh, it, it's a way to help make the uh, the lineup a little better when we are facing right-handed pitchers, which is the majority of pitchers. Uh, Thames is is probably not someone you want out there against lefties. He's pretty atrocious, but that's fine. I mean, you could almost just make him if you're going to have Naquin playing more. You could have uh, Luplo and Thames. Uh, be a DH platoon and it would be one of the more effective DH platoons in the American League. It'd be one of the most uh, effective just DH uh, offensive production uh, in the Major League. Now, again, I don't know if uh, Milwaukee would consider moving him. He is 32, so he is older. And, you know, next year is a player option. You always have to worry about the money on things like this because I'm in his splits data. So when we come down here, but the player option is just $7.5 million, And if he doesn't exercise it, you have to pay him $1 million. It's not a ton of money left on the table for him. And it's, I don't think that would be enough to, uh, to scare the Indians off, especially when you consider the money they'd be um, giving the, uh, the financial uh, Bauer is owed more. Let's, let's just cut to the chase there. So that's the deal for the Brewers. The Indians would get three bats, two in the lower minors that uh, you would hope next season will make their way up to Double A, but uh, would be some interesting talent for them, uh, a power bat, and then a middle infielder who could be a shortstop of the future, and then a guy who can help them this year and helps with some of the lineup balance and makes them better against right-handed pitching. So our last team is the Cardinals, and this is probably the deal that personally I find the most intriguing of the group. Uh, We are way over on time, so I'm going to run through this one quickly, and we'll save the Indians' buyer period for later. But the Cardinals, um, as a team, they have a lot of uh, hitters. It allows the Indians to get someone who can help them this year. And uh, it isn't just because he's the son of former Indian Carlos Martinez, but Jose Martinez makes a lot of sense to the Indians. Uh, He's not playing as well as he played a year ago. His value, when you look at war, is always lower because he is a DH. He's a butcher in the field. You do not want him out there. People get aren't as big on him because he's 30. Um, but, uh, again, go back to last year. He was phenomenal. The year before that, great. This year, he's been good. So there is his value is down a little bit, but he also fits in the Indian salary structure where he is going to make... Um, 
uh, he signed a contract, so he makes $1.1 million this year and $2.1 million next year. After that, he becomes arbitration eligible, and then you have him for 2021 and 2022. Uh, so you're going to have him long-term. He can be locked in as that DH. His down year, he is hitting 285, 343 on base, and a 426 slugging, just eight home runs. So his down year is still better than most of the Indians hitters this year. And it's always fun when you get the son of a former player. Big guy at six foot six. There should be more power in there. He is going to turn 31 in a few days. It's a balancing act, but uh, he's not the, the, the main piece in here. The next guy I want to mention is Tommy Edelman. He is having a really good year for the Cardinals in a backup role. Limited reps, but uh, he's one of those scrappy types. Uh, I know when I was looking on um, Fangraphs, I called him a switch hitting Joey Wendell. And uh, sign me up for that. You know, the Indians are going to need some up-the-middle talent. He's one of those guys that can uh, play short, second, or third. Gives him another utility option. And again, playing well this year and very limited reps. But uh, there's a chance for a starter in there. There's also a chance for a low-end utility guy. But uh, when you look at his numbers, I I would bet on him more than a lot of the other guys the Indians have invested in. He's just, throughout the minors, you look at it, he's hit. And as long as he continues to hit, uh, he does enough other things to make him a potential starter. And then at this point, the big piece has to be Dylan Carlson, who is uh, just having a a fantastic year. He's rising up boards. Another switch hitter. uh, And just 20 years of age. He's in double-A, walking 11% of the time, striking out just 19% of the time, 13 home runs already. Uh, good eye, hitting for power, switch hitter, can play either outfield, uh, can play left or right field. Uh, you probably want him in right because the arm is pretty good. Uh, there's a lot to like. I mean, it's it's potential plus power, plus eye, uh, which, you know, above average on base skills. The, the hit tools, the only real knock on him uh, and maybe he ends up at first base as he uh, gets older but uh, he's he's the centerpiece here he's a, a prospect that is very much on the rise and he's not someone to help you in the, necessarily this year but he gives you someone for next year and keeps that uh, train of talent going to the major so let's say you know I'm really bullish on Daniel Johnson but if he doesn't work out here's your next guy up uh, a lot of people are very bullish on on Bobby Bradley, if he doesn't work out, this is your next guy up. It is giving you the the depth and the you know more choices. And again, just a switch hitting, big time power hitter who's just twenty years of age. Sign me up. I, it's it's all the things you want to look at for predicting future success. And that's why the the Cardinals among with this deal package here would be the most interesting to me. Maybe it's a little light. You try to come back in and uh, grab one more prospect, one more lotto ticket on the low end of things. You know, if you can get uh, Griffin Roberts has been suspended, but maybe he's the lotto ticket because he was suspended for using performance enhancing drugs. So his value is down, uh, but he could be a quick to the majors reliever, which we have seen the Indians kind of, covet guys like him so yeah griffin roberts uh first round pick a year ago so after saying there's not much to talk about i have run super long let's just cut to the end now ran through a bunch of teams thank you for listening and as always go tribe